Welcome to Leaders with Ambition, the podcast that delves deep into the careers of some of the UK's most successful leaders working in professional services firms. We aim to discover the secrets behind their success, the challenges they've overcome, and to find out what traits make a successful leader. Good afternoon and welcome to the podcast series Leaders with Ambition, where we focus on some of the extraordinary people in the professional services industry and look at how they've developed their careers. They will also be able to share some handy hints, tips, challenges and highlights for careers and also add some words of wisdom. And I'm absolutely delighted to welcome today with me Katie Cramont, who is the Director for Business Development for Europe at McDermott, Will and Emery. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much, Nikki. Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful, the McDermott, Will and Emery. We can just say McDermott <laughs> if you prefer. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And so, Katie, talk to me about your career today. So, you know, you and I have had a conversation and there's some really interesting highlights of your career. But I thought it'd be good if you could bring your career to life to share with our audience today. Yes, no, absolutely. I'd be delighted to do so. So I actually studied history of art at university, never really thought about a, a career in, in business development, never mind a, at a law firm. I studied history of art at Edinburgh, then graduated in 2009, kind of just during the financial crisis. It was a difficult time to find jobs, really. I wasn't sure whether I would be, be able to find a job. I actually started my career really being in the right place at the right time, I would say. So I was at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is a kind of comedy festival up in Edinburgh, which usually happens every summer, but obviously hasn't happened this uh, the kind of last yeah. couple of years because of the pandemic. But I was actually in in the queue for one of the shows, and I was with my my mum and my granny. Um, so it's kind of three generations of, of Crammons together. And the person in the queue behind me thought it was quite sweet that, that we were together and we just started talking. It turned out that he was actually director of marketing at Ernst & Young. And so I really kind of thought I'm going to make the most of this opportunity, be a little bit punchy. I kind of said to him, well, would you mind if I sent you my CV? And I think he was a little taken aback, but he was like, oh, no, sure, of course. That is the best thing I, I ever did because that actually helped me land my first job, which was at EY. You know, he definitely helped put my CV to the right place. I still had to go through a lengthy um, interview process, but I think that really taught me that when you're presented with opportunities, it's definitely worth taking those with both hands. And that kind of started my career in, in professional services and I thought I was going to go into the art world, but actually ended up at EY, which was such a great place to start because, you know, you get exposure to a big global business, a partnership model, kind of working with lots of different characters. I started in, in tax marketing and it was really quite events and thought leadership, pure marketing focus. Yeah. And so I was there for about three and a half, nearly four years and had this kind of weird I always wanted to work for a law firm. I was saying to you, I don't know if it was Ali McBeal or or what it was, <laughs> but just something that really appealed. And I really liked that kind of international business. I actually went for a, a maternity contract role at Freshfields. And I remember everyone saying to me, 
why are you looking at a, a kind of not a permanent role? But I had a really good feeling about about the firm. And I went for my interview and I hadn't even left, actually. And they, they offered me the job. That was the start of a real transformative career step for me. I ended up being at Freshfields for seven years. I spent five of those in Singapore and, and I did a six month stint in, in New York as well. You know, having the opportunity to, to work and live in Asia and getting opportunities to work abroad, I would really encourage anyone if they ever get offered something like that to do so, because it was just life changing, both for my career, but also I really grew as a person um, and got to do lots of things that that I never thought I would do. And, do you, you and think so, it accelerated your career as well, Katie? Because you were doing very well at Freshfields and you had this opportunity which you took which again is is you know it's a big opportunity but it's also a big decision to make to leave a successful career even though you're transferring with the same company to Asia where I think you mentioned to me you'd actually never been to Singapore before so you're really you know taking taking every opportunity that you can but do you think it accelerated your career? 100%. You're right. I've never been to Asia, never mind going to Singapore. So I still remember getting off that plane. And that's a memory that etched on my brain always. But, you know, working for a big firm like Freshfields and Magic Circle Firm, working in a smaller office, you become a bit of a family, especially when a lot of people are expats. You get a lot of exposure. You know, you go along to client meetings. You feel very much part of the business. That made me realize this is the type of roles that I want kind of moving forward, getting that that kind of opportunity. And I think I think, yeah, I, I would really encourage people to have an international post on their CV if they can. I appreciate it's yeah. not for everyone, but I definitely don't think I'd be where I am now if I hadn't done that. It's interesting. I also think it's really interesting now with the globalization of many firms and also with the international probably lots of companies need that international exposure and experience. So more and more, if you do have that level of experience, you're able to be considered for roles that maybe wouldn't have happened so early on in your career. So you think that that's not only personally um, push your career forward, but do you think that it also has given other people the opportunity to look at you as a role model and to think, if if Katie can do this, so can I. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as you say, business is becoming more global. We're always looking for those cross-selling opportunities, collaboration opportunities. And I think if you've had experience of, I hate to say satellite office, but being in an office other than the mothership, I think, you know, you really have to develop building relationships over the phone. Obviously now it would be Zoom, but back then, because I'm slightly old, it was over the phone and it's those skills, you know, are transferable and you take those with you. And I think being able to build relationships with people, I think that definitely is a skill set that people look for and having that international mindset, understanding the cultural nuances of working in Tokyo or Hong Kong or China and having experience of working with those kind of clients, what they look for, how they do business essentially is really helpful insights to to businesses, I think in, in the UK or wider Europe. And so when you were based in Singapore, I think you mentioned to me, you've been to quite a few different locations as well. You were lucky enough when you were in Asia. And where, which which location do you think that you went to? Did you enjoy the most, whether it was for work or for some personal downtime? 
yes, do you know, Asia is in my heart. It's so difficult to choose. But I think uh, Tokyo was very, very special. I think it's definitely one of those lost in translation moments. Yeah. Um, where you're, you know, on that really famous crossing and it's so busy and there's such a buzz and you can't read anything or understand what anyone's saying. And that was a kind of pinch me now moment, I think, absolutely, as well as um, seeing the the Great Wall of China in Beijing was also a massive standout um, for me. I have to say, kind of being a girl from, from Winchester and studying at Edinburgh, I never thought that I would be in China or get to go to kind of Australia even it's just been I really do feel lucky for the experiences that I've had it's amazing but it does seem to me that you have really grasped those opportunities so hearing you talk about you know your your first experience of being at the Fringe Festival uh, with your your mum and your grandmother which I think is lovely the three generations together but to talking to somebody in a queue who happens to be a director of marketing at EY and having enough about yourself to be able to say I'm going to send my CV through to you if you can pass it to the right people and grasping that opportunity to then taking the opportunity to go to Singapore location you've not been to before it seems to me you're a driven individual there must be something that's driving you to uh, achieve in life what is it that's making you do that what's what's inside you (laughs) you know I wish I could bottle it and sell it because then I would be um, a millionaire but I'm very family orientated and I'm very close with my mum and she had a very successful career. She worked in the Middle East uh, for 10 years. So I think I've always kind of, she's always ingrained in me the importance of, of working hard and being able to look after yourself, being independent. And so that's always been a big driver. And I think I've always had a very strong work ethic. And actually, one of the senior partners at Freshfields always said that was my biggest skill was that I was always working hard. And and there's obviously pros and cons to that. You know, I was also talking to you about getting to the office very early. And I'm a bit of an bird, like to get in there, get everything sorted. And I'd rather start early and finish a bit earlier as opposed to working super late. And I think also the other thing I just wanted to flag, which we've also spoken about, was around a lot of women feeling that they have to emulate male traits or or be a bitch to succeed in the workplace. And hearing you say out loud that I kind of went up to a stranger and get, you know, sent my CV and gave me his card, it seems so out of character for me because I'm a very kind of empathetic and I see kindness as, as one of my core values. And I think we are seeing in leadership the importance of authenticity, which I know we've also spoken about, yeah. and kindness. And I think I really want to kind of get across to, to younger generations and people that are kind of aspiring to director roles or kind of C-suite roles or whatever it is they're looking to achieve, that you don't have to emulate those male traits, be aggressive, and, and you have to be true to yourself. And I think yeah. that's the most important thing. And for some people that works and that's great. But knowing myself, that was just never the way that that's just not the way I work or my makeup, really. I think it's interesting to hear you talk about the leadership style that you have and authenticity, because I do think that's a modern leadership style. And I think that's what you know people want. People want a leader who can you know be empathetic and can have that level of understanding and still work hard. And interesting to hear about you with your career and how hard you've worked. And it's funny, isn't it, that the harder you work, the luckier you become in life. And you've definitely worked very hard to achieve your level of success. 
probably leads us quite nicely to the role that you're in currently. So you obviously had a fantastic opportunity at Freshfields and decided it was time to to look elsewhere. Yeah, as I say, I've been at Freshfields for seven years, moved back with them to to London and just realised that actually was ready for, for a bit of a change. And the opportunity at McDermott, Will and Emery came up. And again, I was saying to you, it wasn't a firm I was super familiar with, but I was so excited about the opportunity to work for a US firm that was in growth mode. And it's been one of the best decisions, again, that, that I've ever made in terms of joining a great team. There's a lot of growth and loyalty around our clients. So we're very data driven. It's a really exciting business to be a part of. And I actually originally joined as associate director for London. So really helping the US leverage their relationships in the US in the London markets. And on the 1st of January, I actually got the, the director of Europe role. And it was very... <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was very unexpected. And I again, I was saying to you, I think as women, we always feel that we have to take every box. And we kind of never think we're worthy of some of these roles. And again, I think I would, I would kind of say to people, really believe in yourself, because, you know, dreams, and it sounds corny, but dreams do come true. And I, I've always been working to getting this to this director level. And I really didn't think it, it would happen. I was just having a regular review with my boss in November. And he said to me, and we're also going to make you director of Europe. And I I was so shocked and still, I'm still kind of slightly amazed, but absolutely loving it. It's so great to work with such fantastic people across different locations. And I think that kind of international cross-border aspect will always have a strong theme in my career. Yeah, well, I think, you know, with the experience that you've got with on the international side, it, again, it's opened up opportunities for you, hasn't it? And I think you would say to me as well about McDermott's that, you know, the vision that they had and, and how you bought into that vision really made the the key decision for your move and now you're also part of that vision and helping recreate it create it and drive it as well so I think it's listening to you having spoken about your role and about the organization it's great to hear that they want people you know that have got ideas and like you that are driven and, and want to be part of something and help create something even more special no, absolutely. And I think it comes really from our chairman, Ira. He's very open to people sharing their ideas. He's very collaborative. And I think when you get that from the top, you know, it really filters down. And I think, and I was also saying to you, you know, we had this really strong vision of getting to the top 25 in Amlaw. We're now 24. And I feel really proud to be on McDermott's growth journey. Yeah, you're part of that, aren't you? Uh, so what's left for you? You've already achieved a lot. <laughs> Thank you. And what's it? What's the what's the next stage for you? I'm really enjoying my obviously my role at the moment, which is quite new to me. So again, I'm going to continue to learn and, and be challenged in that. And then the next step really will be then looking for a, for a C-suite role. But really, as I say, really enjoying what I'm doing now, and yeah, want to be a success in in this role. That's great. And how do you feel about being a female role model in your industry? Do you feel a weight of pressure on your shoulders because you genuinely want to, to help other people achieve what you do? Do you feel that it's something that you get more involved in as your career has progressed? Do you do some mentorship with some of the more junior females? 
Yeah, it's it's so important to me, Nikki. I think it's at my at previous organizations, there hasn't always been that senior female role model. And I think it's really important for me to be that to, to the more junior members of the team and to encourage them that they can do this and achieve this. I have a very open managerial style in terms of my virtual at the moment door is is always open. Like I always want people to come to me with ideas or questions or if they have a development program that they want to attend or there's areas they feel that they want to develop. For International Women's Day, for example, I, I put together a panel of incredible women that I know around the world that work in business development. And I really wanted them to share their experiences with the team um, so they can kind of see other women that have succeeded and achieved as well. And how amazing, and, what a great idea. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so important for, for women to share, you know, their experiences. And I think sometimes you know, a lot of people were very vulnerable and kind of opened up about bad experiences and how they overcame those. And I'm all about empowering women and championing women. Women, And, you know, we met the other day at Albright, which is another place that I think is is great to be able to get women together, you know, as a sisterhood, build your network. It's, it's really important. Yeah, I think it's really good to hear that's your natural style because um, the empowerment of other women is really important and you, you know, it doesn't always happen at senior levels in organisations. And it's great that there's so many people working really hard to try and change that. And you're a big part of that. So really great to hear. No, definitely. And there's a great quote by this woman who says there's a special place in hell for women that don't help other women. And I I so believe that, you know, I think it's really important that we support each other. There's no point, you know, trying to get ahead without collaborating with other women. I've never really seen that as advantageous. I couldn't agree with you more. So taking you back a bit in time, so looking at the um, back into the start of your career when you'd left university and you were looking at you know more work based in the arts world. Hindsight being a wonderful thing, it sounds like you would have continued doing the course that you've done. But if you could have done anything or could be anything else right at this moment in time, what would you be doing? What would it be? Yeah, so I have to say it, it definitely would have been editor of Vogue, some form of um, editor for a magazine. I'm very into fashion and I would have loved to have, yeah, some kind of role in that. I think that would have definitely been the dream. That's your next career later on in life. Once you <laughs> yeah. achieve C-suite. And what what challenges have you faced in your career? And, and you know, how have you managed to turn that challenge to help you really focus and on achieving the next step? I went to New York for a six-month secondment. I got there and I realized quite quickly that it wasn't the type of environment that I knew I would thrive in. I think that's also an important lesson that I've learned is, you know, trust your judgment, trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right, there's probably a reason why. You know, the partner style and the city as a whole, it just it just wasn't the right fit for me. As you can imagine, being someone that likes to succeed and be successful, it was it's quite hard to admit my, to myself that maybe this wasn't the right path for me. I went actually back to Singapore from New York. And now looking back on that, I'm really proud that I I did trust myself and I, mm-hmm. I did kind of change something that didn't feel right as opposed to staying in something just because I didn't want it to look bad or let people down. So that was that was quite a big challenge. And the other one has really been, 
joining McDermott's and it's so refreshing that the partners really want to hear from you. They really see you as a trusted advisor, having a skill set that they often don't have and they want to hear your views. I was given a seat at the table and, you know, I attend partner meetings and they really want to hear my voice. But I actually took me a while to find my voice because I just wasn't used to that kind of environment. That's been my biggest challenge at McDermott is actually having the confidence to speak up and express my views. And Albright has actually been great for that. So I've been having coaching and things to to encourage me to do that. Which is interesting. I think you you talk about the coaching, um, the mentoring that you you get involved in as well. I do think it's so important at whatever level you are to have a coach or a mentor, somebody that can help challenge you and also help you think in different ways and and help you really look at the longer term focus that you've got. So always that vision, isn't it? Where do you want to go? And then bringing yourself back to go and how do I need to go there? What are the steps I need to put in place? And I know you're a great advocate of coaching and mentoring, aren't you? Yes, absolutely. I think it's really important. I had a really bad experience of it. So I think if you have had a bad experience, don't let that put you off because there are people that are fantastic and can really help. I had someone that told me my voice was breathy and I was too feminine and I needed to completely change myself. And and now I've just, it's really, really helped me to have someone, as you say, that's kind of on your side that wants you to help you achieve your goals. It's a fantastic thing to do. And it's so important to invest time in your, your professional development. And I think we've also been talking about how, as you get more senior, often those development opportunities dry up or that there isn't the opportunity um, or you don't feel there's the opportunity for you to continue to to learn those leadership skills and so for me that was something that was really important and yeah I I found the coaching transformative to the way that I work really. Yeah I, I think I agree with you I remember probably about seven years ago having a coach and previous to that the way that I was always managed was to focus on your weaknesses and make them better now your weaknesses you know things you're not very good at probably are hand in hand and this coach just told me to turn my thinking on its head and said why are you concentrating on the things that you don't enjoy in your week at? just think if you concentrated on your strengths how better you would get at everything that you're good at anyway as a leader as a manager you need to make sure that the people you bring onto your team have got other skill sets so they could be the ones that are very strong that may be your areas of development and it just kind of it was a light bulb moment when you think well yes that's right and I think you know that coaching is really helps in so many ways and as you say the more senior you get the less opportunities so it's really important that you look at your own personal and professional development so good advice there Katie (laughs) yes no no absolutely I think I think that's really important and highlights there's been a number of highlights of your career but what really sticks out for you I mean it has to be the the Singapore opportunity I think that and it all happened so quickly I remember talking to a partner about it and then three months later I was there in Singapore so it was it was the best thing for me personally but professionally it really did help elevate my my career I 100% believe that and the opportunities and the people I got to meet were incredible taking advantage of an opportunity I think it's a message again (laughs) which is great if someone wanted to get into business development and marketing within a law firm and what what is the best thing for them to do 
obviously we've had a kind of turbulent 18 months and I think you know law firms are really looking at digital strategies and approaches to things a lot of our events have obviously moved to webinar zooms and things like that so I think anyone that has any form of digital capability I think that's really favorable at the moment both in terms of kind of your social media LinkedIn I think the marketing strategies around how we go to market are definitely changing and I think law firms were often seen as a little bit behind the times and they're having to to kind of really accelerate the way that they reach their audiences and I think also the the analytics and and data-driven at McDermott, we've we've been using Salesforce for a couple of years, and I know Freshfields have just announced that they they're working with with Salesforce. And I think data is just so important. Not only do, do lawyers react really well to it because we know they love facts and figures, yeah. but and and I have to be honest, you were talking about skill sets that you don't necessarily have. I mean, Excel spreadsheets are definitely not my forte. <laughs> I'm really terrible with pivot tables, and and I'm so lucky that I have people in my team that are great at things like that. So recognizing, as you say, your your strengths and weaknesses, but I would say data and analytics and digital are the kind of two key areas. And really kind of, I guess, client account management probably would be the third one. That's really becoming being client centric, client focused. It's so competitive, as you know, in today's environment, I think really honing in on those relationships, value adding services, those kind of things. Yeah, the value add is so important. And historically, both you and I know that law firms like to take people on board that have got similar experience and for uh, the marketing roles and business development. Do you think that's starting to change? And particularly if technology is more of an advantage in the markets at the moment, you know, do you think people are more open to recruiting from outside of the sector or is there still a little way to go with that? I think it's definitely starting. I've definitely seen at my previous firm and my current firm. I think before it was very entrenched that you, it was very incestuous. Everyone worked in legal and even professional services. And, and I think people that have experience at accountancy and real estate, I still think that is kind of favorable because you're used to that partnership model. And I have to say that the sometimes I have seen people that have come outside of professional services struggle with with that kind of environment. I think that's yeah. the biggest hurdle for people coming outside of law. But I think, as you say, if they're coming with a skill set and whether that be digital or tech, because they'll be such an expert in their field, I, I definitely think it could work. And I think we're definitely looking for people outside of law in my organization. So I think it's I think it's starting. I think we've got a long way to go. But yeah, but it's starting. That's positive. <laughs> great. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. It's always good to get thoughts from different industries and different people. Yeah. I think have that mix. It's important. Yeah, super. Well, that just leads me to say thank you, Katie, so much today for sharing your journey, your experiences with me. And you know, it's really great to hear the highlights that you've had in your career. And you know, I think the real theme and message I've got is one, be authentic, because you've been able to achieve everything that, that you have already 
by keeping yourself real and keeping you know kindness as as one of your morals very much at the the forefront of your career and also to take opportunities when they're offered and uh, no matter how daunting they may seem moving halfway around the world to a different culture but to very much you know keep yourself open to options and to take those opportunities and it's been amazing to talk to you today and hopefully there'll be lots of people listening to this that will use you as a role model i'm sure you'll get people connecting with you and um, thank you so much no, absolute pleasure nikki thank you so much really appreciate the opportunity it's a pleasure